Hello there. Thanks for joining the uh, psychology podcast today. Stuttering. My topic today is stuttering. I don't know if you are a stutterer or you know somebody who stutters, uh, but if you've been around a stutterer very long, you know the depth of the emotional grief that a stutterer experiences and the trauma in relationships that he or she experiences. You know, stuttering generally starts out uh, in the early years of a child's life. It's not uncommon for a stutterer to start stuttering about age three, four, five, six, something like that. Rarely is it much before that. Stuttering seems to be uh, located in the left hemisphere of the brain, right above the ear, in the area of the brain known as the Broca area of the brain. It seems to mediate speech and language. And uh, if there's damage to that part of the brain, there is stuttering that results. And um, that could be an injury to the head, such as a um, blow, some fall, or he gets hit on the head there in that part of the brain. Or it could be from birth. It could be from a lot of factors, yet unknown. But uh, when that part of the brain is injured or damaged, stuttering results. It could be just the slow development of that part of the brain. You know, areas of the brain develop more slowly than other areas of the brain. So it could be that that area has a slow development for some kids. And then once that develops, they begin to speak more regularly. But when you look at what really is stuttering and what causes it, let me just give you the, the analysis that I have of it, okay? When you speak, you hear at the same time, simultaneously. So that your voice goes out of your mouth, but inside your mouth, it resonates throughout your internal structures of your mouth into your ear to create sound. And outside in the air, it comes around and enters your ear, and then you hear by um, the ear canal. So you hear two ways, from internally and externally, as you speak. Now, for the average person, that process is very, very immediate. You hear and speak almost at the very immediate split second of time. And it just, you, you flow and you develop a flow of your speech, a speed of your speech, the style of your speech, and you go on living. But for the stutterer, it's different. For the stutterer, the hearing is delayed by about an eighth of a second which means that you hear more slowly than you speak. So that if you speak rapidly and you hear more slowly, you get all stumbled together and you get all stumbled and that's called stuttering. And if you slow down your speech, make it very slow and make it very dramatic, one syllable at a time, then your hearing and your speech coincide and coordinate and you have less stuttering or no stuttering. So the idea of stuttering is really the balance between speaking, that is the rate of speaking, the speed of speaking, and the speed or the rate of hearing. So in a lot of ways, stuttering is a hearing problem, not a speaking problem, because it's the impairment of hearing that causes the stuttering. When you hear more slowly, you're going to stutter. It results in stuttering. So it's a hearing problem.
It's a different way of looking at it. So if you know a stutterer, just begin the process of getting them to slow down and better yet, speak one syllable at a time. And when they do that, they will speak more fluently and feel more success. So that's the kind of issue of stuttering. Now, who are the stutterers? These are young kids, more boys than girls. And when they get into the young uh, ages of childhood, the stuttering becomes obviously much more pronounced. But we're talking about 3 million kids in America. 3 million. Many of these go on into adulthood and continue to stutter into adulthood because they've never learned to coordinate the rate of speaking with the rate of, of hearing. So they continue to stutter on into adulthood. But ordinarily, one would learn that in some way, and then stuttering would be either less or certainly improved uh, over time. Now, research has shown that stutterers uh, are often identified as kids who are shy, maybe more nervous or anxious, a little bit withdrawn, self-conscious, tense, less competent even, introverted, and insecure. Those are the characteristics that are identified with uh, stutterers. People will refer to them that way, see them that way, perceive them in that, in that manner. Well, to some degree, it's true. They are not less competent. The stutterers are very competent like anybody else. They tend to be a little bit introverted and withdrawn because they're stuttering and they're embarrassed by that, so they try to speak less, try to be out socially less. They're sure they're insecure because they're nervous when they go into social situations and need to speak, and then they know they're going to have trouble speaking. So they become more shy, more nervous, more withheld, more withdrawn. And, of course, they're more self-conscious because they're very much aware of their own stuttering. So all those factors seem to be true except for the fact they're not less competent. They may be seen that way. Maybe people perceive them that way. But their competency is never underscored at all, never underwritten. It's as competent, they are as competent as anyone else. Now, obviously, stuttering has a employment implication. Uh, about 70% of stutterers believe that they have a decreased chance of being hired or being promoted on a job as compared to non-stutterers. And about a third of them, about a third of the stutterers, feel that it interferes with their job performance. Now, it may or may not interfere, but they feel that it interferes with their job performance. So stutterers and job situations really is a questionable uh, issue because either the stutterer withholds uh, his performance and doesn't do as well, doesn't advance himself socially, so doesn't get promoted and doesn't uh, advance in his job and his level of uh, competency, or the people hold back because they're not sure if the stutterer is ever able to really do the job or maintain a high level of employment and production. Now, so yes, employment is ill-affected. But what about stuttering? Is it defined as a disability? Would you call it a disability? Well, every stutterer would call their stuttering disability. Yes, they would. It impairs their social 
relationships. It impairs their uh, confidence. It impairs their work performance. It impairs their ability to go out and pl- apply for a job or put them forward in the employment marketplace. So every stutter would consider themselves disabled. However, under the Disabilities Act, the American Disabilities Act, you have to show that you have a substantial disability, a substantial impairment for it to be considered a disability under the American Employment or, or Disability Act, American Disability Act. So it's not just whether it's a disability or whether you have some trouble stuttering once in a while or your speech isn't real clear uh, periodically or in certain situations. You have to show that this impairs you in all areas of your life, employment, social relationships, education, you know, and so on. You have to show that all areas of your life are impaired because you stutter and that the stuttering is always, it's regular, it's systematic, and it occurs in all kinds of situations, not just periodically or in some situations. So it's not necessarily considered a disability according to the government. It might be. It could be. It is in some situations, but not in other situations. It's the, the issue is whether it's a substantial impairment, a substantial level of speech disfluency, and whether it affects at least one, two, or three, or four areas of your life, and it occurs regularly on a regular basis all the time. So it may be a disability. It may not be considered a disability under the American Disabilities Act. But overall, for the stutterer, they would consider it to be impairing because it's socially embarrassing. It's difficult to get your ideas out and compete with other people in the verbal marketplace of life. If you can't speak, if you can't argue, if you can't discuss, you can't answer questions, you can't ask questions in the classroom or in social situations, you're impaired and you're embarrassed and you're uh, you're feeling kind of put down even, if you will. Yes, there is this level of impairment that you do feel and that every stutterer feels because of the fact that people look at them differently and they look at themselves differently. The stutterer feels impaired, sees himself as impaired, and feels himself as not being able to compete in the marketplaces of life like everybody else. But in fact, they could if given the opportunity or if they clear up their stuttering. So if you're a stutterer, you know a stutterer, you know, therapy is the answer. And you got to find a therapist that will work with you in the area of slow speaking to match your speed of hearing. And then develop some tricks or some techniques of handling certain words and certain sounds and speaking under certain conditions and certain situations so that you function well and you function at least well enough to compete in the open marketplaces of life. So stuttering is a real thing. It's a a big deal for the person who stutters, and uh, it just affects all areas of their life. Whether it's severe disability or not, it is severe for the stutterer. So pass this tape or this podcast on to somebody else who stutters or has a family member who stutters or know somebody who may stutter. It may be a podcast they should listen to and maybe get some encouragement. You can learn to speak more fluently, and but it takes a real commitment. 
to a therapy program to do that. And it takes a therapist. And not all speech therapists know this and know how to do this. But it takes a speech therapist that will help you match your speed of speaking with your speed of hearing. Okay, this has been the psychology uh, report. Now, I want to tell you this, that um, Crisis Pregnancy Center in Fresno is moving. At the end of August, they're going to move to a new location. The new address will be 1127 East Olive Avenue in Fresno. New digs for them. and More space, more visibility, more accessibility. So the Crisis Pregnancy Center is having an open house this coming Sunday. Uh, so if you are uh, interested in their program or know anything about them, you may want to go to their open house on Sunday. Um, but certainly keep an eye for their opening uh, in the, at the end of August as they move into their new building. So they are very happy about that, and they'll serve more people. That's the Crisis Pregnancy Center of Fresno. And uh, if you uh, are not in Fresno, you live in another community, Check the Crisis Pregnancy Center of your, of your community and um, give them some help. Volunteer or send them some bucks. They're a nonprofit organization. They, they thrive and they need income. And they get that through gifts from people who love them and care for them. So I recommend them for you as a source of support, one of your charity supports. Okay? And bye for now.